Hey guys, welcome to the interview. I'm your host, Ada McLaughlin, the editor-in-chief of Mediaite. My guest this week is Dan Abrams. He is a special guest because included in a long list of titles, Dan also happens to be my boss. As I'm sure you know, Dan is the founder of Mediaite. He is also the founder of Long Crime, the chief legal analyst for ABC News, and as we learned this week, the anchor of an upcoming primetime cable news show, Dan Abrams Live, which will begin airing on News Nation in September. I called up Dan on Thursday afternoon to discuss first and foremost my own job security, of course, but also the state of media today and what he plans to do with his new cable news show. Dan, thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you doing? Aiden, good to be with you. You had some big news this week. You are set to be the anchor and executive producer of your own primetime cable news show, Dan Abrams Live, which is launching in September on News Nation, a cable news network recently launched by the local news giant Nexstar. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about the new show? Yeah, so it's been a long time since I've hosted a cable news show, and Mm -hmm. it wasn't that I was sort of in the business or in the market for trying to host a cable news show, in particular because... You know, I've felt for a while now that the kind of show that I would want to do probably wouldn't work on any of the 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 current big three in in cable. And I was talking to News Nation more broadly about the topic of a you know OTT network, et cetera, something that could target the more moderate independent-minded audience. And as the conversations continued, you know, uh, Michael Korn got hired, who was the executive producer of Good Morning America, um, who I know very well. And that was after the conversations had already started. And they finally just said, look, you know, why don't you host a show for us? Doing exactly all the things that you're saying you think cable needs. Mm. And, you know, my response was, Let's discuss it, but there has to be a commitment network-wide, in particular in prime time, to sort of doing uh, more moderate but opinionated analysis for it to work on cable. And so, you know, they are they have begun the process of building out uh, what they view as a an alternative to what's out there and. Uh, as I think you know, they hired Leland Vittert from Fox News, who's going to host the seven o'clock show leading into me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to then host the eight o'clock. And, you know, look, I have no illusions that somehow when this show launches, it's going to launch to some sort of gigantic numbers in cable. It won't. Mm. It's going to launch to very small numbers. <laughs> but the the But the goal is to develop an audience that says, what is being served to me on cable now doesn't fit with my worldview. And I think there are a lot of people out there. I think there are, um, you know, there are right-leaning Democrats and left-leaning Republicans out there who feel that what is out there in the cable news universe right now, particularly in prime time, doesn't reflect their worldview. And, and, and most importantly, I think that there is definitely a sense out there from many people that on cable news today, they're telling you how to think, that if you don't agree with what they are saying, you're an idiot or you just don't get it. And I'm going to try to ensure that 
whatever one's viewpoint, as long as it's not sort of you know, a basic fact question, but if it's an opinion question, a sort of take question, then I'm going to treat it all with kind of respect and say, all right, here's how I feel. And I'm going to lay it out and say, this is what I think on this. So you can judge. And now, now, and, and, and just a final point on this, which is that I think that one of the reasons that people don't trust the media is because so many cable news hosts and others claim they're objective. They say, oh, I'm objective. Mm-hmm. And people don't believe them. So I'm not going to fake objectivity. I'm going to say, here's where I'm coming from. Here's what I think on this, but I may be wrong. So now you know, audience. So there's no hidden bias. There's no, I, be, I bet Abrams thinks. You, you will know what Abrams thinks going into the topic. What I find interesting about this conversation is that, you know, everyone always says that MSNBC and CNN and Fox News, they're all too biased. Um, you know, they're all too right, left, they're too opinionated. But the thing is, is that the opinion stuff, particularly at those networks, is what rates. So while everyone you know goes off and says that they they think that this stuff is too it's too totally. opinionated and it's 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 terrible, that's the stuff that people are tuning into. And you look at sort of Shep Smith's show on CNBC, where he went over and 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 wanted to do like a straight newscast. And you know Shep Smith was always the the least rated anchor at Fox News, and his show at CNBC is not doing well. So do you think that there is an audience on cable for this kind of more objective? news analysis or do you fear to some extent that really it's the opinion stuff that everyone is just sort of dying to to get get spoon-fed i guess if i if anything i just said suggested that i'm doing a just the fact show then i completely mischaracterized what i'm going to be doing i am not doing a just the fact show those shows don't work on cable and they won't work on cable and i would never do a show like that on cable today because that would be a guaranteed failure my show is going to mm. be highly opinionated with a lot of analysis. Um, it's mm. just that when it comes to the hot button topics where opinion is relevant, I'm going to disclose my opinion. And so, and then talk to someone who may agree with me, may disagree with me, whatever the case may be. But that's my point. My point is that, that there are two things that are, I think, missing very often is Number one is a, a sense of, of not cheerleading for one side or the other. Mm-hmm. And number two is not hiding what your personal position is on it. That's the problem with a lot of these shows. Not all of them, but a lot of them mm-hmm. pretend to be objective, right? We're, oh, come on. I'm not, an, I'm not an opinion show. I'm just doing yeah. the facts here. Uh, and mm. I'm not going to pretend that. I'm going to say, mm. this is where I'm coming from. So there is no doubt that if I was going to be doing a quote, you know, objective, just the fact show, it would be a guaranteed failure. Um, that's not what I'm going to be doing. It's going to be a, you know, a highly opinion. And look, and we're going to talk about media bias, by the way. Yeah. I mean, one of the things when I, you know, launched Mediaite was that I believed that talking about politics through the prism of media is more interesting, Right. Um, that, mm. you know, what Rachel Maddow and Sean Hannity say is more interesting than Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer. And, <laughs> and I believe that to this day, but I'm also going to be highlighting the absurdity of what we see on cable news on both sides of the aisle. And that doesn't mean that everything's two-sided, but mm. it does mean that part of this, so, so this show is going to be very opinionated, but just more, in my view, 
from the uh, an independent-minded view. I think you make a really good point there that opinion on these networks is not necessarily the problem. It's that there's there's little honest opinion, right? Correct. Like whether you're talking about Fox News, which um, you know certain primetime hosts are not just opinionated, but will have you know will be in the tank, let's say, for Donald Trump, but, and but not you know what? won't admit argue, it. And it's CNN; it's the same thing. But you know, I would they, argue they, they're even yeah. they're more honest a little bit on Fox. You think so? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're coming the, out every. Yeah. They're telling you. I mean. Sean Hannity isn't hiding what he thinks. No. Um, well, the, the right? one thing I would the, the the thing I think that is dishonest about it a little bit, and like let's just use Tucker Carlson for exa an example, is when Tucker Carlson used to criticize when he had something that he would criticize Trump on, he would never criticize Trump. He would always say, "Oh, well, you know, Jared Kushner has made this decision and is controlling Trump," mm -hmm. and that was a fairly cynical play to not criticize the person that his viewers like. Sure. And I think that is that's being dishonest about your opinion, and I think. You see it on CNN and MSNBC as well, right? Where these, where hosts will, will you know, let's say double standards between how they treat a President Trump and how they treat a President Biden. That's the same thing. But I agree, it's it's not just the the opinion that's the problem. It's it's not being honest about the way that you're expressing your opinion. And and look, I think you would find many more hosts in prime time on on CNN and MSNBC who would say that they're not doing opinion shows. Yeah, for sure than on Fox. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the problem. Part of the problem is they are doing opinion shows. <laughs> and, and, and again, I, that's why I'm saying I'm not going to deny that I'm doing an opinion show. But I think that there is, there's definitely a lane for what I'm talking about. Whether it's going to work or not, we'll see. Um, but there's definitely a lane for you know, this more politically independent, more unpredictable, more surprising, mm. more issue by issue, where you don't know exactly where someone's going to land, where, you know, I, I've said this before that, you know, you can be, as I am, very pro-police and pro-accountability. Oh, mm. my goodness. Can you imagine being both those <laughs> things? Um, and, and, you know, and, 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 that, and I think that right now, as you point out, the, the MSNBCs, the CNNs, the Foxes are so concerned about alienating their audience mm. that, you know, MSNBC and CNN have a really hard time doing a pro-police segment. Mm. Um, and, you know, and, and the flip side of that would be that Fox would have a, a very hard time doing a, a segment, you know, putting aside something, you know, as outrageous as Derek Chauvin mm. with yeah. you know, anything that, you know, could potentially put the, you know, uh, suggest that police were engaged in any kind of wrongdoing. And I, I think that you'll find that police officers will tell you that they want the bad apples mm. out because it makes them look bad. Um, so my point is just that, that, that that's where the lane is. The lane is saying that right now, I think that CNN and MSNBC have been tugged by the, the left of their audience to say, we want the red meat. And Fox, even maybe even more so, being pulled by uh, Newsmax and OWN mm. to the right. Um, that there's this lane to say, okay, uh, you know, we're not beholden to either of the extremes. Uh, we don't have a, a significant audience we need to worry about losing. Um, we just want to build an audience. And so that's a kind of cool position to be in. It's also, it, you, you know, we, we're calling it a lane here as if it's, you know, as if it's almost narrow, but it, I think that's 
an incredibly wide lane because the other cable news networks have been pulled so far into their, you know, specific ideologies that like when you talk to most people, most like people around the country, they have, they agree with the middle, right? They, they disagree right. with the, with the, the Fox news and uh, the, some of the more extreme stuff you see on CNN and MSNBC. Now, as you, you mentioned earlier, you're, you're not new to a, a cable news primetime show. Uh, back in 2008, you actually had Rachel Maddow's time slot on MSNBC at 9 p.m. Uh, are you looking forward to getting back into the sort of nightly primetime grind? You know, it's funny. Before the Trump presidency, I had no real um, interest in getting back. And I was very much enjoying doing legal analysis for... Mm. ABC running the businesses, law and crime, media, and the rest of it. Um, but seeing how people can't seem to have conversations anymore about mm -hmm. tough topics has led me slowly to think, you know, the kind of cable show that I always wanted to do could make more sense today than ever before. And so you know, as time has passed, um, you know, I thought about it more and more, whether it's, you know, as I said, is it an OTT full network or is it a, is it a show? And the fact that, you know, this is, you know, this is a fully distributed cable channel. I mean, they're yeah. in just about all the homes that CNN and Fox and MSNBC are in. And it's owned by a company that owns more local news stations than any other company in America. And so it's not like I'm going to some, you know, random startup. startup. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a, a mega media company that has an enormous opportunity mm -hmm. to, to build something really cool. And it seems that, you know, I am very much on the same page with all of the executives there about, you know, what they want to build and, and what they want. But look, I can only be a piece in this, Right. I think that, you know, it's going to be very important to continue to see the kind of hires that they make. I think that um, a lot of the people who are there make a lot of sense. I think this woman, Adrian Bankert, who I knew very well from GMA, is a terrific morning show host and makes a ton of sense. I mean, she's, you know, she's likable. She's, you know, got um, a, a lots of uh, interesting takes on on how to make the world better, et cetera. I mean, I think that she's she's a great morning show host. And so that's encouraging to me. I'm getting to know Leland Vittert uh, a lot better. And it seems that there's a lot of overlap between, mm -hmm. um, you know, the way he views cable and the way I do. And so that could work really well. So, so we'll see. And, and, you know, it's, who, who do you want at 9 PM? I know, you know News Nation, I should say, just for our, our listeners, there's, yeah. there's a spot open at 9 p.m., which is right after. Uh, well, so, so right now they're, you know, they're going to do a news show, I think, mm -hmm. at nine o'clock. And they've got some very talented newscasters, right, mm -hmm. who are who are there. It's just, you know, I don't believe that a nine o'clock newscast long term can work. Um, so, really? yeah. I Why mean, is that? Because because as we've discussed, I don't opinion. think newscasts can work on cable. Yeah. It doesn't mean that yeah. it's going to be bad. It's going to be, I think, a very strong newscast at nine o'clock. I think it will be, um, you know, I think as newscasts go, it'll be, you know, fast paced. I think they're going to produce it really well. Um, I think there's going to be a strong host. But like Shep Smith, right, I think that no matter how good 
the host is. If you're going to do a newscast, it's going to be really tough on cable. Yeah. So, you know, I think, again, I think that, that they ought to be thinking about that. And I, you know, so, you know, so we'll see. Now, uh, just to get a sense of sort of when you say that you, you, you had sort of after Trump, a, a good idea of like the kind of cable news show that you wanted to do. Does that give me a sense of what that means? Does that mean you're going to yeah. be fighting on people for interviews that you disagree with for sort of debates? Or is it going to be speaking with experts? Like what kind of segments are you looking forward to doing? So first, the answer to your question of why when the Trump happened is because of yeah. the divide that I saw in the country is that literally it got to the point, and I see this on my radio show increasingly, is that, you know, literally there's there's people on one side and the other side aren't talking to each other. Now, there are going to be people on the extremes where there's no talk to them, yeah. right? I'm going to write off the extremes. They're not, this show is not for them. Um, they're not going to like it. The, the far right people are going to call me a screaming liberal. The people on the far left are going to call me a horrible conservative. You know, so that they're they're not my target audience. Mm -hmm. I am going to um, be interviewing. Yeah, I'm going to be doing interviews to people sometimes who I disagree with. But I, the conversations are not going to be, I, I hope, uh, a scream fest. I okay. think that there's a way to disagree while having a civil conversation. Now, does that mean? That if someone tells a lie on my show, I'm not going to call it out. No. And if they start screaming at me that that I'm interrupting them, even though they're telling lies, you know, that could, yeah, could get a little heated. Mm. Um, I, I could see that happening. But that's not the goal. The goal is to, in the end, say, look, these are tough issues. Some of them I may have a strong opinion on, but at least I'll tell you what I'm thinking so you can decide for yourself. So yeah. at least, you know, and you say, you know, I watched this segment with, with Dan Abrams and, you know, he, he, he's so wrong on this. And it, for, it, it made me, and I, he had a guest on who was great and totally beat him up, who showed, you know, showed him the great, you know what, at least then they're saying, okay, I watched his show. I appreciate the fact that he told me what he thinks and I disagree with him. That's fine. I'm okay with people not agreeing with my take. And I think that that's not something that currently exists on cable is that people are not watching shows of people who they almost ever can disagree with. Mm -hmm. I, I should ask you the question then that, that every cable news host apparently has to answer, which is what is your position on interviewing politicians or pundits who denied or questioned the results of the 2020 election? Yeah, look, or, I, are you of, I, of the, are you book or block them from the show? I'm not going to block people mm -hmm. because, you know, they take a position, you know, if, if they're saying the election was stolen, this, you know, look, it depends on whether I'm inviting them on to discuss that. Right. Yeah. Um, I, regardless, I'm not going to have a rule that says, you know, anyone who's who, uh, you know, voted um, to challenge the election is not coming on my show. That's not going to be this show. That That's not, that's not the inclusivity conversation that we need to have. Now, mm -hmm. if someone is saying something on my show, which is not supported by facts, I will point it out. Yeah. I will not just let someone do a hit and run, as you see with sometimes, you know, um, with some cable news hosts who um, either want to let it happen or, you know, are not paying attention enough. I'm going to pause. Uh, you know, I'm, what, what, what the most sophisticated of guests do in the political spectrum 
is they make an inflammatory point and then try and turn the corner to make another point. And then when you stop them to talk about the first point, they say, wait, wait, you're interrupting me. Huh. And the point is, no, 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 wait a sec. You're now making a separate point and we need yeah. to focus on point one, which is a hit and run. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not going to let that happen. So again, there's a way to say that this is a, a big tent without suggesting that somehow someone telling a lie on my show is going to be, uh, is going to just simply get a pass. Mm -hmm. Now your expertise is in the law, but you're also fascinated by the media as we've discussed, and you, you covered a decent amount on your Sirius XM radio show. You founded Mediaite, which is the premier website covering the media. Um, yes, it are, is. <laughs> are those the kind of topics that we should expect covered on your show? Is that because I mean, right, like we're in the middle of a pretty huge year for both of those subjects. We've got, you know, election laws at the forefront this year after President Trump's ever so overturned the election. Now a big topic of debate or the prosecutions of yeah. those who attack the Capitol. Is that the kind of story that we could see on Dan Abrams live? So you're definitely going to see media bias uh -huh. uh, stories on the show. Um, I have always been fascinated with that. And uh, continue to be. And so you're definitely going to be seeing that, but in a, in what I hope is a balanced way. And again, yeah. when I say balanced, it doesn't mean because I do three segments attacking, you know, some uh, liberal network that that means I'm going to do three segments. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to do that. I'm not going to start not, counting. It's not, it's not going to be like Fox all the time. No, no well, it's, it's not yeah. going to be Fox all the time. It's not going to be MSNBC all the time. Mm -hmm. It's going to be more balanced because you know that's the way I think. I mean, look, you know, this um, in the sense that, you know, I, well, I will sometimes pitch mediaite stories, right? I don't tell you guys what to do, but I yeah. will sometimes send you guys stories. I'll say, hey, this seems like an interesting story. And I don't know, 75% of the time you guys do this story, you say, oh yeah, I agree, it's interesting. And 25% mm -hmm. of the time you guys say, oh, you know what? It's not, sorry, Dan, it's, it's not that interesting. Um, and, and the point <laughs> is that, that, that when I'm pitching you, I'm pitching you different stuff, not because it fits an agenda, mm -hmm. but because I think it's interesting and I'll bet you there's an audience on the right or the left, who would be either supportive, bothered, whatever the case may be. Now, you also, I think, will see me doing something. You mentioned uh, voting rights legislation, which I think yeah. is a perfect example of the sort of middle that, that one can take, which is you can believe that the federal, the proposed federal law from Democrats goes too far in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, people on the left, oh my God, what do you, how could you, you know, criticize? The further yeah. people, well, you know what? There's a lot of reasons to criticize it. And you can also believe that the law in Georgia, which, um, you know, or any law in any state, which suggests that politicians should be able to overturn the results they don't like is an abomination. Mm. Um, and that maybe the solution is a really targeted federal law that isn't filled with other stuff as the democratic proposed law is. And you can say, for example, you know, some of the proposed, some of the um, provisions in the Georgia law and the Texas law are nowhere near as bad as some people have suggested. And yet there are provisions, you know, for example, in Georgia that are troubling. And so we can talk about which aspects are problematic, which ones are actually more typical, which ones are just sort of mirror what other states already do. And you can also say about the federal law, you guys are asking for way too much um, mm -hmm. and you're going way too far and sort of try and figure out the way moderates would have done 15 years ago. They would have sat down and they would have said, OK, come on. 
this goes off. This is too much. Stop it with this. But but on on you know on this issue, we'll give it, we'll give a little bit. And so I hope that people can walk away on that kind of topic. And let's say I have someone on who's an expert, but who's not sort of an advocate, who can just people will say, you know, that's interesting. I watched this segment on Dan Abrams show. And now I now I realize, you know, he told me what he thought about each one of the provisions. Um, but you know, now at least I understand a what's actually controversial and what's being overblown. Mm. And, you know, and, and I think that that hopefully will be something that people can relate to as opposed to simply saying these, you know, that, that, that the Texas law is the worst thing, you know, that has happened since the 1960s or, you know, that somehow the, um, uh, the, the federal legislation uh, the, for the people, the for the People Act is is sort of the best thing, and oh my God, of course everything in here is necessary. I mean, there are compromises. There is a middle ground mm. on a lot of this stuff, and it's not one that you hear too much, I think, these days. But I think part of that is there was this big media trend in the Trump years away from more objective, what critics would call view from nowhere reporting. And uh, I think a good example of that shift came this week, you know, political playbook right now, I don't know if you saw is getting its teeth kicked in on Twitter for sort of both sizing the, the spat between House Republicans and Democrats over the January 6th commission. Mm -hmm. Do you think we're at a point where a, a sort of objective stance in journalism just doesn't work anymore? Because that's what a lot of people are arguing at this point. You know, look, it does work in particular types of journalism, right? Mm. It just depends. Here's the point. You need to define your mission. Yeah. You need to tell me what you do for a living. If what you're telling me you do is that you are intending to be a source for people of all political parties, et cetera, and consequently that you know, you're going to take seriously all arguments from both sides, okay then, you know, you have to live up to that mission. But, you know, again, classically, capital J journalism would tell you, we base it on facts, mm. right? That, that we follow the facts. I mean, everyone will tell you, cable news, New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, the Federalist, you name it. They'll all say, we base our um, articles, we base our stories all on facts. And, and of course, the problem is that in so many of these cases that people end up taking a kernel of a fact and then and, uh, and then obscuring it with mm. all sorts of uh, bias, et cetera. So, um, so I think that, you know, look, there are certain, you know, inaccuracies that need to be highlighted. Like, I mean, again, you, you mentioned um, the January 6th commission. Yeah. Again, I would like that to be a, like the best way to do that would be to get a moderate, you know, again, a mix of moderate conservatives, moderate Democrats. Mm -hmm. And the Republicans would say, well, you're not getting moderate Democrats on that commission. Um, because again, this should be a fact-finding mission. Um, yeah. and, and it shouldn't be that, you know, and you can understand why, again, when, when, when the um, Republicans um, are gonna put on um, flamethrowers who have already pronounced what their verdict is on this. Yeah. That, that of course, that's going to be an issue. And by the way, there are going to be some Democrats who you got to think about that as well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, 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 the parties, I think, 
are both being pulled so hard that we can't even get a commission for, for January 6th. Now, you may say, or someone may say, well, Dan just did exactly what you said. He did the mm -hmm. both sides thing, right, about the, about the January 6th commission. And, and, and the answer is, look, January 6th was an abomination. Let's start from that. It was a, it was a criminal act. And it is important to figure out what happened. Now, does that need to happen through the criminal justice system? Or does it necessarily have to happen through Congress? It would be great if it was both. But the notion that sort of, you know, we won't ever get answers without, you know, some, uh, well, you know, there's going to be a commission. But, mm. you know, I, I think that, I tend to think that the hyperbole surrounding some of this stuff um, tends to obscure the events itself. Mm. and. And I wish that we could start from the point of agreeing that let's start from this was a criminal act. It was an abomination. Now it is important to both prosecute those responsible and to find out more. But then, you know, look, you take Benghazi as an example, right? Mm. You know, again, that's something where the other side was you know, demanding mean, the number of hearings that happened about Benghazi hearing after hearing about, and it was an important event, right? Mm. It, was, it was a very important event. But there does reach a point where just saying that it was an important event doesn't address the political questions of, okay, what do we do about it? Yeah. And I mean, I think with the with January 6th, you know, we, we have the legal pre repercussions of that event, right? They're the prosecutions that you're seeing through the, the criminal justice system. The commission seems to be more geared towards having some sort of political accountability for Correct. that event, right? And so, you know, I watched uh, Kevin McCarthy's press conference yesterday and Trump wasn't mentioned by the Republicans. It was the, the it was more the, what they saw the, the commission as its purpose was finding out how so, how a security failure like that could have happened at the Capitol. Whereas the way Democrats see it is how an attack like that could have been inspired by the president. And I think they're probably both worthy, but they're different investigations. And it doesn't seem like Republicans have any interest in tackling the Trump question. Um, so, you know, you can argue, you know, which is more important. Um, but I think, you know, they're, they're both equally important, I'd say. Um, Except, but, but, but I, you know, again, I don't, I don't know if they're, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know if they're equally. Again, that's the problem with sort of like everything becomes balancing you know, it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, look, I don't know that they're equally important. I, look, I think we know a lot about what Donald Trump did and didn't do. And I think that most people have made judgments, right? Yeah. People who are angry, people on the left who are angry at Merrick Garland for not going after Trump mm. more uh, on this. And there are people on the right who are saying, you know, how are you going to continue? You know, you're continuing to, to investigate this thing that we, you know, we basically sort of know what happened, et cetera. There are definitely some important questions that we don't know the answer to. But as you point out, those are political accountability yeah. questions. And, 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 you know, those inherently become tricky. And yeah, and I think, you know, you don't need a commission to know that, like, this was a mob of people inspired by President Donald Trump. 
Um, I think it's useful for Democrats to, to sort of have this commission and, and, you know, I guess have a more conclusive um, explanation for what happened. But again, through reporting, through what happened on the day, through the rhetoric in the months leading up to it, we have a pretty good sense of it. Um, there's still maybe, of course, unanswered questions. Um, the, the one thing I wanted to ask is uh, you're now going to be competing against the cable news giants, MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Do you, with naming names, please admire anyone on those networks or plan to take pointers from them about how to do your own show? Well, look, I, there, are, there are a lot of people who I would mm -hmm. take pointers from. And, you know, it's interesting that, that the, the people who I think are doing the most successful cable news shows, as it turns out to some degree across the board, are all in the hour that I'm not going to be competing against, um, <laughs> which is the nine o'clock hour. Yeah. Um, and so I think that everyone from Sean Hannity and his way to Rachel Maddow and her way to Chris Cuomo and his way are, you know, all doing something I'm going to take a piece of mm -hmm. um, and um, and in different ways. And and look, and that's why one of the reasons I wanted to be at eight o'clock um, is because I think that there is a much bigger opportunity for the lane that I'm talking about and for the type of show that I'm talking about at eight o'clock Eastern than, than at nine. Um, and, you know, the, the odd thing for me, of course, is that I either know or am friends with, you know, the majority of primetime cable news hosts. Mm. Um, Does that mean and, we're not going to see, like we see on Fox News and CNN, relentlessly you attacking primetime well, new, news but see, hosts it, on the other I, channels? I, I'm going to criticize, but it's uh -huh. not going to be personal attacks. It's sure. not going to be describing them as, you know, as these horrible villains of the worst kind. Brian Stelter's you're, not going to be Humpty Dumpty on, no, the, yeah, on no, Danny Abrams Live. No, you're not going to hear that kind of stuff from that. But you may hear me criticizing Brian Stelter, mm -hmm. and you may hear me criticizing you know, Sean Hannity or whoever it is. Um, but it's going to be from the perspective of either hypocrisy mm. or, you know, again, bias. I don't even know what that means because we presume there's a level of bias with mm -hmm. these people. So it's going to be more about kind of hypocrisy or absurd comments, et cetera. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to like Mediate does, right? Mediate is kind of a watchdog. Yeah. And and at its best, it's a balanced watchdog and it goes through periods. And I've said this to people throughout the years, which is there are periods when I think it's been too conservative. There have been other periods where I think it's been too liberal. Um, and, you know, it's about finding finding that balance. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that doesn't mean it's tit for tat in every single case. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, a question on the opposite end. Is there anyone in cable news that you're actively trying to avoid becoming with the new show? Well, yeah. I mean, I'd like to avoid be, being a newscast. Uh -huh. I'd like to avoid being, you know, somewhere where people think that I just, you know, read the news. Read I mean, the news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's it it does it just doesn't work on no. on cable. So anyone who who considers themselves to be a a news anchor person who simply is informing people on the facts with no judgments, no analysis, and no opinion. Those are the people that I don't want to be um, and, you know, am not going to be. I mean, look, again, you mentioned Shepard Smith before. Yeah. I, I think he's great. I think he's a great host. The problem mm -hmm. is that he's trying to do a newscast with some pizzazz. And 
a newscast with pizzazz wouldn't work. It's not, you know, it's not CNBC's fault. No, it's just, you know, it's just, it was never going to work starting from the beginning and it's not working. And when I say it's not working, by the way, you know, they're still doing, you know, numbers that are you know, much higher than news nation's doing right now. Yeah. They're doing okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, so, but, but news nation's a brand new network. Yeah. Um, starting from, you know, from scratch. So as opposed to coming into a behemoth like CNBC and, you know, so, so while Shep has got to be a, a disappointment for CNBC on a sort of professional level, he's doing what he was hired to do. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work on yeah. cable. You don't think so, it's ever going to work ever. Really? And, and, no. and, and that's not Shep's fault. No, he's fun to watch. It's just and, who's it's, watching. It's, it, it's not just, it's just that these days, you know, us old timers have to remember that the days of getting your information from cable news, particularly in prime time is over. There has to be yeah. another reason to watch. Yeah. There has to be something else that the host is bringing to the table, be it analysis, be it opinion that, that offers that something more to because the standard is higher it's mm. tough it's going to be tough <laughs> i i am under no illusions <laughs> um that, that this is going to be easy this is going to be hard and and i'm going to try to do what i know could work it's just a question of whether it will uh what's your take on tucker carlson he's the he's the top rated host in your time slot at 8 p.m what do, what do you think of him he's he's been under a lot of criticism lately for yeah. his vaccine coverage etc look i have long been um a a fan of tucker carlson's meaning when he was at msnbc i advocated very um aggressively to make sure he had a show mm-hmm. um and was you know was often um, drowned out by people who all wanted him out um, <laughs> because of his political views. Mm. But, you know, I think that he has, um, he's gone to a different level um, with, with really? much of the stuff that he's been saying on his show. Yeah. And I think that, that from a professional perspective, that creates an opportunity for me, which mm-hmm. is, I think that people who are right-leaning, but who are not going to, you know, support um, certain conspiracies or, you know, uh, constantly think that our, um, you know, our national law enforcement entities are all corrupt, mm-hmm. that people who are generally supportive of law enforcement, who generally trust our, um, you know, our most elite um, entities, who trust generally um, law enforcement etc. I think that those people may not like some of what they're hearing on Tucker's show. Mm. And I'm hoping some of them uh, will, will give me a shot. And look, I, as I say, I, I also hope that some of the people who find that there isn't a, a significant value add from uh, Anderson Cooper at eight or Chris Hayes at eight will also uh come over as well yeah but it's not going to be easy (laughs) (laughs) now my my last question um a lot has changed since you were last hosting a primetime show we had the obama and trump administrations which came and gone 
the media industry has changed dra drastically. You know, I was thinking about it earlier today. The amount of, I mean, change that we've had even since 2016 in the media industry is is mind blowing. Um, I'm wondering what you see as the biggest changes for hosting a primetime show specifically, but also the media industry more broadly since 2008 to now. So let's separate out cable news from mm -hmm. media in general. So, so on in the media in general, I think that the biggest change has been the level of distrust, um, mostly from right-leaning media consumers of the, the media as a whole. Um, I think that you also see more distrust on the left, but, but not as much of the increase as we've seen. Um, and so I think that that's been a fundamental change is the idea that, you know, when there's a, a story that seems really well reported in a mainstream media outlet, that for many, the response is, well, yeah, I mean, but we can't believe that. Hmm. Um, and, and that was the people who felt that way were much more fringe than, than today. Um, in terms of, of cable, um, I, I do think that, that, that the Trump era has led to a much greater divide mm -hmm. um, than existed before. I think that you saw more nuance in, in cable, even though it, there was a divide for sure, that I think you saw, I, I think that there was more of a sense that CNN was in the middle um, than there is today. I yeah. think that, that um, and you know, CNN's position would be when Donald Trump tells lies, we're going to call him out. Yeah. But that's different than the sort of invective used in some of the chirons, et cetera, that you know, there's, there's, a, there's a tone you see on cable news mm -hmm. that is angrier, that is more divisive, that isn't even trying to get people who don't believe what you believe. I still remember in the first couple of years of the Trump administration, I was astonished when I think there were airstrikes on Syria and MSNBC and CNN were so focused on whatever dumb Trump controversy was happening at the time that they weren't covering it. Mm -hmm. And Fox News happened to be the only news network covering like the crazy foreign policy story. Mm. And like that should be CNN's beat. Yeah. Fox News, because they didn't want to cover whatever Trump was doing, whatever stupid right. thing Trump was doing back home, ended up being the network covering it. And it's like, I mean, I think that was the, the big problem with CNN in the Trump years is that Trump was where the ratings were. Yep. They were justified in covering such an unprecedented president. And they just went all in on that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and I think that when you, know, you mentioned foreign policy, you know, you can be really pro-Israel mm. and also be pro-Irondian. And it's like, whoa, what do you mean? Because you know, the Trump administration is very pro-Israel. If you're pro-Israel, then you can't be pro. What do, what do you mean? Of course you can be both things. Even though you know, Israel may not like the Iran deal, you can still believe that Israel is incredibly important and that it's facing you know, really, really tough circumstances in the region that it, that, it, that it exists. And you can also believe that the details of the Iran deal were a good thing for them, even though they don't want to say that, yeah. or et cetera. And this is another area, again, where you can have a sort of nuanced view on things. And, and there aren't, it just feels like there aren't many cable news hosts who 
can appreciate that and who are sort of surprising mm. in their takes. Mm. And, you know, the, 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 the one who sort of um, screams that to me to some degree is Michael Smirconish. Um, but, you know, he's got a weekend morning show. Yeah. Well, it's Saturdays so, on CNN. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's just not much out there in terms of, of um, moderate issue by issue um, opinionated nuance. And, and look, we'll soon see if there's, I look, I know there's an audience for it, whether they're going to, whether they're going to come to watch me or not is a separate question. There is definitely an audience for it. All right, Dan, I think that's a good place to end it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Aiden. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Interview. Please subscribe to The Interview on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and check out coverage of my conversation with Dan Abrams on Mediaite.com.